From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Internal tensions at the organisation that tells us the weather, the Bureau of Meteorology, appear to be going from bad to worse. Fresh revelations include that the Bureau's daily forecasts, which many of us rely on, while they might be getting less accurate. And we've also learned that the renaming of the organisation was called a rebrand internally, even though management publicly claimed they never attempted such a thing. Today, senior reporter at the Saturday paper, Rick Morton, joins us again with the latest on the agency formerly known as The Bomb. It's Thursday, November 3. Rick, hello again. How are you? Uh, I'm good, Ruby. Thanks for having me. So it's been a week now since we last spoke, and when we talked, it was about the Bureau of Meteorology and what was was happening behind closed doors there. In that week, you've continued to to talk to people at the bomb, haven't you? Yeah. In fact, I, I can't keep up with the amount of people that have been sending me leaked documents, screenshots from internal systems at the Bureau, and particularly uh, meteorologists and forecasters who have gotten in touch after my first piece to say, look, really important stuff, but there is a much bigger story here, and it's about the science. Right. Okay, so tell me about that, Rick. What are the people who have gotten in touch with you saying about the other things that are happening at the organisation right now relating to, to the science? Yeah. The really fascinating thing that I had written off, you know, you we've seen people saying, why is the bomb always so inaccurate? Why is the um, the app saying there's going to be rain and there's been no rain all day or vice versa? And, you know, you just write it off as confirmation bias. <laughs> but a lot of the meteorologists I was talking to said, if you think that your weather forecast has gotten worse recently, that's because it actually has, which sounds crazy, right? Except that the day-to-day weather forecast, when it's a normal day, there's no bushfire threat, there's no severe weather It's just, you know, is it going to be sunny? Is it going to be cloudy? Is it going to be raining? That stuff is handled almost exclusively by this model of models. And it's an automatic program. It takes a bunch of models from around the globe, looks at how successful they've been at predicting the weather in certain places in the last 30 days, and then gives that information a a weighting, essentially. You know, the better the model prediction in the last 30 days, the more accurate it'll be. And then they spit out uh, forecasts for 230,000 grids every day, twice a day, across Australia. So this model is producing a lot of information. And most of the time, over the uh, two to seven day forecast, the model is really good, it's really accurate. But within 24 hours, so on any given day, if the forecasters or the meteorologists, they believe that the forecast is wrong, that the model has gotten a few details incorrect, they have to fight to fix them. And so they have to essentially argue with management to change that forecast. And often they're not allowed to. Right. Okay. So forecasting is now done almost entirely by modelling. And even when forecasters can see a problem in that model, there isn't much they can do about it. And so really the the accuracy of, of the forecast that the bomb is publishing is is unclear. And I suppose that means that the the fundamental role of the organisation, at least from the point of view of, of your eye or anyone who, who wants to go there to, you know, find out what the weather is going to be, that's that's being compromised. Yeah, so if there's no bushfire threat or if there's no likely severe weather, then 
essentially what they're saying is we don't care if the model said it's going to rain and it's not going to now because it's not worth us fixing it. Mm. Okay. And so, Rick, what else did your sources say to you about what's happening at the bomb at the moment? So to my mind, the most interesting thing is that quite a few different sources from different parts of the organisation, all meteorologists, but none um, who had spoken to each other, they all pointed out to me that one of the most concerning things is that because there are cutbacks in staff and in terms of scientific monitoring and observations, that the Bureau of Meteorology is, it's an open secret, they said, that they are not meeting their obligations under the World Meteorological Organisation. Right. Okay. So can you tell me more about what those obligations are and, and how the cutbacks are, are affecting the bomb's ability to, to meet them? Yeah. So the World Meteorological Organization is incredibly important. And I it kept coming up in my first reporting round. I didn't do much with it because people kept saying, the WMO is not going to be happy about this. And I was like, why do they have so much power? It's because there's this global corporation on monitoring and observation. So we've got accurate records, not just in Australia, but everywhere. Part of the way they do that is that the World Meteorological Organization stipulates that you try and synchronize as much as possible the release of weather balloons every day from all of these locations around the world. And so every single day, a weather balloon goes up in the morning and goes up at night. And that gives us really, really stunningly accurate climate observations and weather observations in the upper atmosphere. The Bureau of Meteorology has been cutting back on these weather balloon launches. <laughs> so in some parts of Australia, where there used to be at least one a day, but more often than not two a day, there are now just five in a given week. So it's one a day for just five days a week. The Bureau of Meteorology will tell you that 95% of all of its data now comes from satellites and that satellites are better than everything else that's ever been done. And that is true for the 95%, but there's still 5%. And the weather balloons are a really important part of that 5%. Now, those balloons, when they get to the upper atmosphere, they produce data for aerological charts, which are really important for airlines for a start, but also it's crucial information that gets fed into the models, particularly around severe thunderstorms. And so the less data you have, uh, the less relevant those models become. And the meteorologist essentially said to me, why, when it's never been more important, for the Bureau to do this kind of work, why are we choosing to have less data? Mm. And, Rick, it's interesting because it sounds like these decisions that are being made around weather balloons, they're, they're budget decisions. This is about trying to save the bomb money, but it's coming at a time when we know the Bureau has actually spent quite a lot of money. I think the figure that you told me last week was $750,000 on, on a rebrand. Yeah, at least... <laughs> I mean, what we can't quantify on this rebrand, um, and God, they tell you it's not a rebrand. It is a rebrand. We can't quantify, you know, the staff cost of actually making everyone, you know, there were uniforms that they've ordered that they're going to start making public-facing forecasters and people talking to the public. They're going to make them wear these uniforms, sort of like Border Force, but for the Bureau. The thing that's really, really angered staff is that they can see this disaster of a rebrand strategy unfolding, which is cost of fortune, while there's been cutbacks in the actual science. And, and it just drives them wild. And I understand where they're coming from, because to watch that unfold, you've got to wonder, where are the priorities in this organisation? We'll be back after this. 
As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rick, it sounds like there is a lot of frustration among people who work at the Bureau of Meteorology around this branding exercise and and this idea of of renaming the bomb to, to the Bureau. When we last talked, the media department at the Bureau had denied that this was actually a rebrand at all. But tell me about what you've discovered since then. This is really important to get right because, as I keep saying elsewhere, it doesn't matter if they call it a rebrand or a, as they insisted it be called a refresh. So they they gave a statement to me and the very first time I asked about it, they said, and this is in writing, this is not a rebrand. Now, I don't care what they call it. I do care if they're lying to me about it. And <laughs> what has emerged subsequently is that internally, the general manager of media and communications um, who reports to Andrew Johnson, ultimately the CEO, that she had planned drinks for the team that had worked on this quote unquote spectacular branding operation and and said in an email, you know, it's not every day that you have the opportunity to rebrand a much adored national organization. Uh, Now, the reason I'm fascinated by this, because A, they were organizing drinks to celebrate what was a disastrous launch in the middle of major flooding in Victoria when people had already died. They didn't delay the launch, but in the email asking people to come to drinks, they delayed the drinks by a week. And it's all just been a bit farcical. So I put questions in on Tuesday morning when I find out about this. A couple of hours later, I find out that the drinks have been cancelled. I wasn't asking about the drinks. Um, They knew that I knew about them, but I was asking about why would you have this internal staff intranet where you call everything a rebrand until there's a public backlash? Why are you being so coy and cagey with the language? And what does that tell us about what else is going on at the Bureau of Meteorology? And what about, Rick, on the question of the forecasts themselves, whether or not this modelling is the way that the forecasts are are being handled, this modelling and this resistance to allowing people to to change the forecast, to make them more accurate? What does the, the bomb say about that? The bomb essentially says that wherever there's evidence to intervene in a forecast, they will allow the meteorologists to intervene. That's what they say. So if I can call the officers from the Bureau of Meteorology, welcome um, Dr Andrew Johnson, who's the Chief Executive. Now, last Friday, Director of the bomb, um, also known as the CEO, Dr Andrew Johnson, he appeared before that Senate Estimates Committee in Parliament. I sincerely apologise if this commentary has caused uh, confusion or uncertainty in the community. That was certainly not our intention. He apologised up front. Uh, sort of a one of those non-apologies where it's like I apologise for any confusion or uncertainty around what he called the bomb's visual identity update, saying that... 
Like any large organisation, there are times we don't get it right. But aside from that, Andrew Johnson kind of doubled down. You mentioned the, the Bureau, and I'd just like to... Um, a question on the name change. Uh, Sorry, you... can I correct you there? We're not changing our name. Oh, right. So I'm not sure if you heard my opening statement. He was asked questions by Senator David Pocock about whether or not he downplayed the links to climate change, and, you know, he he, he denies this. And and he was actually asked by a couple of senators, including uh, Senator um, Peter Wish-Wilson from the Greens, about climate change. Are you a climate sceptic? Senator, I think I my I think my views so on I think uh, my views on the changing climate are well known. They have been on the public record in this committee for many many years. I, I think my record stands uh, on its own, Senator. Thank you. I mean, really, I, that that whole Senate estimates thing was for a start. It was everything was delayed, and there was only half an hour of questioning, so there just wasn't anywhere near enough time to get to the meat of this problem which is that I'm hearing a lot of very different things from a lot of people who have no reason to speak to me um, other than they are just so concerned about where the agency they love working for is headed. Mm. Yeah, and Rick, I mean, this story, it began with the rebrand and then it became a story about an organisation whose whose staff were increasingly unhappy and under pressure and and now... We're hearing about inaccurate forecasts and even about the bomb potentially breaching its international obligations for for weather data. So this seems to be a case of the more that you learn, the worse the picture gets. It it increasingly is sounding like the bomb is is an organisation in crisis. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't even been able to write half the stuff that I've heard so far. But but that's correct. The the disconnection between what I'm hearing from the star and from management is not just what you would expect from an organisation attempting to put its side of the story out there. I mean, what I'm hearing from the organisation is complete denial. They've had internal updates for months saying, get ready for the new brand, get ready for the new brand, get ready for the new brand, here's the new uniforms, here's the new font, here's everything you need to know about the new brand, the rebrand. And then suddenly the language changes because things got hot. That is not a sign of a healthy organisation. And knowing everything else that we know that I've been able to put out there in the public domain, it is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Rick, thank you so much for your time and uh, I'm hoping to hear more. There will be more. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today... Anthony Albanese has announced that he will not be attending the UN Climate Change Conference, also known as COP27, when it begins in Egypt next week. The Prime Minister said he would miss the conference because he, quote, cannot be everywhere at once. The Morrison government drew fierce global criticism after attending COP26 with climate targets far below international standards. And five lions escaped their enclosure in Taronga Zoo yesterday in Sydney's North Shore. Guests who were staying overnight at the zoo were awoken by zookeepers telling them to abandon their belongings and run. 
A spokesperson from the zoo said one of the lions needed to be tranquilised, but the other four calmly made their way back to their enclosure. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.